This podcast is listener supported. To help us out, go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash RedBullRant. The following podcast may contain language not suitable for younger audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, my friends. The show never ends. This is the Red Bull Rant Podcast, the official Red Bull Podcast of SB Nation and Once a Metro. I'm your host, Jason Ipico. I'm Pat McDonald. I'm Truman, and this is episode 145, the unkindest cut of all. I, I think I should know. I, I, for some reason, I probably because of work, I don't get that one. The well, then I want whoever's listening to figure out what that is. I'm not. I'm not giving any hints. Okay. It kind of it kind of does semi relate to uh, this last weekend's game. So good luck, good luck, listeners. Okay. <laughs> I, like I said, I, I I don't know what it is. Like I've been in training this week, and it's just been like eight hours the last three days in a room that's like eighty degrees with like twenty laptops going and some other stuff. So it's just hot as hell in there, and it's just been. Boy, that just sounds all yeah. sorts of wonderful. Yeah. No, thank you. I mean, don't get me wrong, like, it's stuff that I actually want to know, but it's just, like, come on. this. We have air conditioning in these buildings. How, did this, how does this room this bad? That's what I want to know. <laughs> it, and it's, like, it's like 10 degrees cooler in the hallway. Like, during the breaks, I don't go back in the room until I absolutely have to because of how bad it is. All right, anyway. A lot of people heat. Yeah. All right, anyway. Um, so, speaking of a team that is feeling the heat, Oof. the uh, Red Bulls traveled out to Seattle to take on the Sounders. Uh, took a 1-0 lead in this match uh, going into halftime after, uh, I don't know if you, I don't know if it's technically a, a poor free kick by Ray Phillips. It was one that hit the wall, and Lloyd Sam just does what he does and got on the end of it and, like, barely stayed on sides. Um, and then, unfortunately, the second half happened, and the yeah. Red Bulls gave up two goals. It, it sure did. A lot of things yep. happened in that second half. Yeah. Uh, let's see, BWP being brought down the box without being called. Um, Flea Martin's getting kicked in the, almost kicked in the groin without the card being shown. I mean, it's just, yeah, that was a fun game, wasn't it? It was great. Yeah. The best. All right, so let's get into our likes and dislikes. And Truman, since you were not here last week, you get to go first. What did you dislike about this one? I don't know. Where do you start? Where Where do we go? There's so much to talk about. Uh, Jay, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you do your ref thing because I imagine you still have something to say about the that accursed referee. I'm not. But, no, I've 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 written two pieces dealing with referees <laughs> and number fouls. I'm done this week. All right. Well, then I I'm gonna I'm gonna say this, and then we'll definitely go back on anything we missed. Dane Richards, terrible, absolutely terrible. Uh, he has done nothing as a sub in any of these games. He looks horrible. And he missed a near-gimme goal that could have at least gotten them maybe a point out of it. Who knows? Maybe more the way, you know, games go. But 
He sucks. He's he's absolutely killing me. And unfortunately, he se- always seems to be that first option off the bench, which means right now this bench is terrible. That there's no depth and you know, a, a popular player, but someone who's just really lost a step. And he's never had an eye for goal, that's for sure. But when you're the first guy off the bench, you got to do something for this team. And he's done nothing, absolutely nothing. And this one, it really shone through with that miss uh, right in front of the goal. Absolutely terrible. Yeah, um, my dislike is uh, it's not Dane, but it's uh, you know even though he didn't cover himself in glory, but it, it just has to be on that second goal where the team just did not cover themselves in glory. Um, they just seemed to fall asleep, and I think they they mentioned that in the uh, you know in the post game that they need to close games out. They can't give games away late like that. I mean, there was no pressure on that cross. Um, you know, your two center backs were just ball watching. They were not covering Clint Dempsey whatsoever. And, uh, you know, it, it was just pretty pathetic. I mean, a point coming out of Seattle would have been a great uh, thing to build off for the coming, you know, going into the break almost. But uh, instead, they pissed it away. So uh, that, that would have to be my big dislike. How, how do you not cover Clint Dempsey? Yeah, I have <laughs> no idea. He's no the idea. top player on the team. How do you do it? <laughs> it's ridiculous. I, I, I don't understand. And the other thing I didn't get and we talked about is why didn't Robles take any chance to punch the ball out? He he played a very, very bad angle on that, and he at least could have tried to – not. he probably wouldn't have had an option to grab it, but at least punch the ball, and that yeah. didn't even happen. Uh, yeah, just absolutely just piss-poor defending on that second goal. Absolutely. Uh, I don't even know where to go with this one. It's just like we all knew a loss was coming, so we shouldn't be surprised. I didn't. Uh, sure. Okay. I'm sorry. You didn't. You're right. You didn't. You called. You called it a one-one draw. So you yep. did not know it was coming. But like Pat and I both called losses last week. Most people called losses last week. So we knew it was coming. But I, I think it could have been avoided. And you know, Dane Richards aside, where the fuck was the substitutions? Like Dane Richards came on. I think it was like the 75th minute or something like that. And then Bang didn't come on until stoppage time after the goal, after there was two on and it was literally like less than a minute before the game ended. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're on the road trying to hold on to a lead or a draw. Put some players in. Just get some fresh legs. How hard is that? It's, well, it's apparently baffling. very very hard. Apparently very very difficult. Apparently. And you know, I uh, Pat and I were both saying this after the game because uh, we watched it at Derby Road, which was fantastic. Oh yes. A bunch of people, but. It's not the loss, it's how, they, it's how you lose. And that is, it's such a crushing, crushing defeat to be just a few minutes of stoppage time away of getting that point and getting the hell out of there. And it's just, you, you drop your head down. What, I, don't know, I don't know what else you can do. Yeah, there really isn't much else you could do. I mean, I, they're going to halftime with the goal. I'm sitting there thinking, okay, they, they, they can pull a point out of this. Then I'd be, okay, I'd be happy with that. Yeah. And they, they give the first goal. And I was like, well, that kind of sucks. But, you know, at least we're still tied. And again, the stoppage time, like, yes, it's good. You know, we're we're getting there. Well, I'll and tell you that. It's just the, the, and then and the whole defense just like lets itself off for a minute. Yeah, they the two goals that they gave up were so out of out of nowhere that they were playing great possession the whole game. You know, maybe I should save that for my like, but I'll tell you what. Also, Chris Naval got spun around like a top on that first goal, and he's shown this is kind of the second very glaring. Uh, example of him being extremely outclassed by some of the top MLS players. Because, I mean, he didn't know what was going on on that first one. He just he, he literally spun around almost twice. So, clearly not a good sign. You should always just have your face 
in that guy's face on the ball, and yeah, he just got completely just baffled. I'm, I I don't like blaming Robles because I know how much he does, but on that play, granted Chris Duvall could have done better, but Robles could have done better on that one too. It wasn't like it wasn't like the whole defense let him down and left the guy wide open on the back post. Robles could have had that one, but he didn't. I mean, it's just it sucks because like you get Chris Duvall who has been has shown improvement over last year, but is obviously still not near the you know the even the I would say even the middle of defenders in MLS. Um, he's much he's probably much better going forward, even though he has a terrible cross at times. But he obviously needs a lot of work on defense. And then Robles doesn't come up with one. And granted, I can't ask him to be perfect, but right. That I mean, that one was like right over his head. And then the whole defense lets him down on the second one, and it's just like. It sucks for the, It sucks to know that the team fell asleep for all of about thirty seconds in that entire game, and it cost them. Yep. All right. Let's let's try to take something positive out of this one. Uh, Pat, you go first. What What did you like about this one? Uh, you know, I, I think we kind of touched upon it there a little bit. Uh, is that for the most part, this game, the team looked very good, uh, and to play that way against uh, the top team in the league is should be encouraging. I mean, it's just the fact that they gave it away so late is why we're looking at the game so negatively. So, I mean, if there is a positive, it's just that they, they did play well. Uh, I, I do still think this team is uh, on its way to the playoffs. I mean, they're still in third place in the East, um, even though, you know, the other teams below them are hot on their tails. Uh, so, I mean, I think overall, uh, if, you know, if, say, they had given up the second goal in the 70th minute, we'd be looking at this game with entire, through entirely different prism. Um, so... You know, that's the like, is that I think overall they did not look outmatched, and um, that's something they can at least pick their chin up a little bit about. Yeah. And since that's what I was going to kind of say, then I'm just going to move on to uh, Darby Road and how nice it was, and that Irish burger was really delicious. So uh, I'll just say it was nice to be out watching a game with a bunch of friends at a nice place. Uh, the accursed Superstorm knocked our uh, knocked some of the viewing out, but thankfully Pat had his phone, so we were watching parts of the game on his phone for like six different people. Oh yeah. <laughs> but we got all, we got cozy. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Derby Road is actually, you know, a very cool place to go see a game. Like I said, we had a nice little contingent there rocking the Red Bull stuff. So that's what I take out of it. At least we had fun with our friends and then enjoyed a crazy drive home on the highway. So Yeah, I'm not sure what the <laughs> Positive. I mean, maybe the fact that Ray Phillips actually took free kick instead of Felipe Martins. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Felipe's service has not been great this year. No, it's definitely so, a glaring thing in this game. Yeah. So, I mean, trying to, you know, using a free kick is where you kind of get Ray Phillips started again is good. Um, what was nice, though, and I talked about it last week, about the tactics and, you know, Ray Phillips kind of running behind the midfielders. Um, it seemed like so, he, I don't know. I I highly doubt he listens to this show, but it sounds like Jesse Marsh listened to me because Ray Phillips was actually leading the attack for the most part in this game. Like he was actually ahead of the midfield, and it was kind of refreshing to see a striker actually playing as a striker. I'll tell you, Jeff. <laughs> he's, if he's listening to us for advice, they are in big trouble. Big big trouble. Oh, uh, they they will lose so fast if they listen to the show for advice. <laughs> I mean, if they if they listen to any fans for advice, this team would just f- completely fall apart. Oh, I know. I'm just, it's just it's just one of those things I just happened to observe during the Philly match, and it it was pretty clear that the game plan was not to have 
Wright Phillips run behind the midfield for the most part. I mean, there were flashes of it, but it wasn't a consistent thing this week. So that right. was that's that's where I'm happy about it. And there were a few good opportunities to get him the ball inside the box. Uh, most of them didn't get to him, but and that happens in every game. So they they had opportunities. That's for sure. That was a huge positive. Yeah, I mean it's it's nice to actually see a striker, a target striker, you know, be put as a target. It's just right. It's so unconventional, right? <laughs> and then he had he had the ball in the box, and he he gets uh, completely taken down, and apparently that's not a penalty. The, the sad thing? I don't know. The sad thing about is, that is me? Simon Borg actually said it should have been penalty. Thank you, Simon Borg. See, he gets things right sometimes. <laughs> I mean, that was a penalty. That was clearly a penalty. Yeah. Um, the only possible thing is that there might have been a handball, but there was no clear evidence of Wright Phillips using his arm to control the ball. But still, I mean, that's, that's such a dangerous play to come in from behind like that. Oh, yeah. So, All right, uh, predictions for this one. Uh, we kind of touched on it. Um, Pat was one of two people to get this game completely right. Uh, Unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? Like, the the one time you get it is a loss. Um, The other one is uh, Bobby Salantano, who does our Let's Play FIFA videos for Once Metro. Um, Almost everybody else who put their picks in did a loss, except for a few people. Me, and I was minutes away. I was, like, two minutes away. Two minutes. Yeah, you, you were really close. That's how close I was. When, when it hit 1-1, one, one, I was like, oh, Truman's getting this one. He's good. <laughs> uh, all right, so standing-wise, um, Truman remains in first, but he is now tied with Let's Play FIFA. <laughs> stupid game. It makes you feel any better. I, myself and Bobby Salantano are tracking behind you at uh, third with nine points. Um... Aaron Bowers in fifth with seven. Uh, Austin Fido and Pat are in sixth with six points, so Pat actually... Uh, leapfrogs a few pe- people with his uh, prediction this week. Uh, let's see, the Ar- the Red Bull rank guests, Steve Toto, Lester Townsend, all, all with five points. Um, Frank Maduri, Anthony Ali, and Jason RBNY with four, and Shiloh Grayson uh, at the rear with two. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes forward. Uh, that's all we have for the uh, first segment. Um, we don't have an actual guest this week. We try asking Dan Forrestine but he was a little bit of a puck about it. so uh, He did call in, though. He did. He, he, he did call in and give us a voicemail. So uh, that's going to be our break slash guest for this week. And then uh, we'll be back with more Red Bull Rant right after that. Hello, everyone. This is Daniel Feuerstein from the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show, as well as covering the New York Red Bulls on Soccer Newsday. I just want to say I wish I could uh, be there live with you guys during the recording. Unfortunately, Real life has sunk in and had to get a part-time job. But other than that, here's my opinion about Sepp Blatter. Thank God the Swiss pimple is popped. That little bastard, that little fucking bastard, finally, he felt his ass getting warm, and I'm not talking about him farting in his bed. I'm talking about the FBI and the Swiss government, hot on his trail, wanting Sepp Blatter to be given some nice metal bracelets and at the same time sent, I don't care which scow he goes to, Swiss cheese or hard knocks, this man finally got what he deserved. Oh, wait a second. I think I'm going to do this. I think I'm going to give the Sepp Blatter impersonation. Hello, everybody. 
I was once the president of FIFA, and now I am here to tell you that I am guilty of everything that I was told you that I did not do, I did. The $10 million is now in my bank account. Thank you, Jerome Valk, my number two. So once again, this was the president of FIFA, and now I shall say adieu. So I hope you like that, because I'm telling you right now, I know it's still a long way to go before this corrupt organization finally gets cleaned, but once again, ladies and gentlemen, I am happy, I am proud, I am fantastic that this fucking bastard is now gone. I hope this extraordinary Congress does happen quickly so we can get a clean person who will represent not only the game worldwide, but representing the game properly in all six confederations. Thank you very much for your time, ladies and gentlemen. And may I say, I don't care who does take over for FIFA or as the president of FIFA, just as long as he is not a blatter cohort. And if I could just throw this in here as well, I am disgusted and disappointed in former CONCACAF president Jeffrey Webb. Why? Simple. Because this man, who was supposed to be the breath of fresh air from Jack Warner, has basically disappointed us again. Bye-bye, everybody. Welcome back to Red Bull Rant. Uh, so we we said we didn't have a guest this week, but we kind of lied because uh, our our planned guest didn't get back to us when we were hit record. So uh, he's here now from the Empire of Soccer and recently returned as one of the few Americans that have been to, to Cuba legally, Mr. Dave Martinez. Dave, welcome back to the show. Thank you, guys. That's a that's an excellent way of putting it. The legal part. That was, uh, that was another eye-opening part of my experience over there. But, again, thanks so much for having me. And don't mind me. Uh, just to fill your listeners in, if I sound tired, it's because I am. And I'm not sure if it was the jet lag or the Havanas or the rum, uh, whatever whatever it may be. It's uh, it's still with me here. So Nice. So you know, tell us. I mean, you know, there's only so few Americans who have been to Cuba, uh, you know, since – the restrictions have been uh, lessened a little bit. But tell us about what is Havana Cuban like? Man, it's it's so... I don't even know where to begin, guys. I mean, the the experience was incredible, first off. It's it's like it's, it's like nothing I've ever seen before. The people are so humble. And I, I know that we're on the Red Bull show here, but uh, there was a global feel, um, something bigger than the game itself, about the Cosmos going down there and playing the Cuban national team. Uh, the people were great. Like I said, the event was fantastic. Pele was there. Carmelo Anthony was there. I mean, sharing a plane, it, it's, it's something I've been telling a lot of uh, my family members since I came back. You're walking in through a private jet, private airplane. Uh, you're heading to the front of the plane just to go to the bathroom because the back is, forget it, a line and a half. 
you look to the left of you and there's Carmelo Anthony popping bottles. You look to the right of you and, and here's the here's this legend of soccer, Pele, uh, sleeping with his head wide open, drooling all over the place. And <laughs> it, it, it's it's one of those experiences that really I, it's going to stay with me for the rest of my life. Um, the the event itself, the match was fantastic. The fans were really into it, and more than anything, you get a sense from the Cuban people who have really had it so hard for decades and decades, uh, a sense of hope, a sense of uh, of promise of what could be, and uh, that's something, again, that I'll take with me for the rest of my life. Yeah, I, I remember, uh, I think you posted on Twitter, or maybe Facebook, just talking about that crowd at the game, that it wasn't so much about the result, it was just about the the idea of a game like that taking place. Absolutely, and I mean, guys, you're in Cuba, right? Uh, there's, there's The national anthem, the American flag is out on the field, right next to the Cuban flag. The national anthem hits, and there are, are not just a small group of Americans singing the, the Star Spangled Banner, but you have Cubans going along as well. You know what? I mean, who would have envisioned that just five years ago, just ten years ago? I mean, people would have been killed. It's uh, things are changing at a rapid pace. I'm walking through the stadium. I run into one guy who's wearing a U.S. jersey with Altidore's name on the back. Uh, it, it was truly eye-opening, and, and things are changing so quickly down there. It's great when you could finally get through all the politics, through all that clutter, and appreciate the game for what it was. And the other thing that has stuck with me, and I'm probably going to write about this uh, pretty soon, likely tomorrow, but on the day that Sepp Blatter is, resigns and, and pretty much flips the football world upside down, you have the very worst in football happening with FIFA and the very best of it happening in Cuba, opening new doors, you know, bringing new experiences, bringing hope through a game. And that's what it's all about. There's so much power in that ball that's getting kicked around a shoddy field, bringing people together. I mean, that's the thing that FIFA has forgotten. And it was on display. So you had the very worst of world football in the morning and the very best of it in the afternoon. And that, again, that's something that, that to me was so symbolic, so real, and uh, it, it, was, it was inspiring. It really was inspiring to see uh, how the game can, can, can change lives, really. You know, you, you mentioned uh, <clears throat> FIFA being the, you know, the worst day in soccer. Um, I think a lot of people would consider it one of the best days, consider that Bladder oh, of course. officially has an end date at some uh, Great, it's, not, it's a fluid end date, but at least it's a end date. <laughs> um, sure, sure. But so, what what are your thoughts? I, oh, I mean, yeah, we'll go go overall thoughts on this one because I know there's a lot to cover and a lot of different yeah, yeah. to get into. So, um, just overall feelings on the whole situation uh, that developed since uh, last week. Well, you know those situations in life, those instances in life where you know major events, you know JFK is assassinated and people from that era. Hey, where were you? They'll know exactly where they were. Well, Sepp Blatter was a <laughs> it was a huge thing. Not to compare the two too much. But it was a huge event that I'll never forget. I was in the media press room, and we were all going through um, various quotes. I mean, it was myself. Michael Lewis was behind me somewhere, a couple of BBC reporters, an AFP reporter. And we're all doing our work, and all of a sudden, somebody in the back of the room yells, oh, my God. And everybody just stopped. I'm like, what? What happened? Seth Blatter just resigned. Stop lying. We go back. No, 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 guys. Guys, it's happening. It's happening right now. And, and we all just started to scramble. Uh, I immediately started looking for a writer who had some good internet <laughs> to start writing it up. Thank you, Christian Arreos, wherever you are. And, you know, the, and it just took everybody by surprise. It was, 
a magnificent moment for justice. This is something that has been coming for so long, and there's so much corruption in the sport that we've all gotten used to it. I could talk. I could talk about it from uh, from an Argentine standpoint. You know, I mean, from the from FIFA to the confederations to the federations, there is corruption throughout the system, and to have the heads of these snakes be basically ripped away and chopped off, it's a wonderful, wonderful opportunity for reform. Whether or not it comes is a different story. You still have plenty of people who are properly entrenched in FIFA. Uh, but it is a chance for a change, and hopefully, you know, we'll start seeing some. All right, so um, obviously, you know, people that read your website know that you cover uh, the New York Cosmos. Um, one of the things that has kind of come out of all this is that, um, I can't remember his first name, I think it's I think it's Abbott, the, the now ex-CEO of uh, the NASL and former uh, employee of Traffic. And, yes. And, and I thought it was actually... I read your piece, by the way, about the NASL and and how much traffic has been supporting it. And, I, and your piece came out before all the FIFA stuff did, so I think it's actually it was kind of eye opening. Um, do you? I, I can understand if you won't speculate on it, but I'm kind of curious what your thoughts are on traffic and NASL being kind of involved in all this. Well, it's. I think a lot of it has been blown up um, to a larger degree. Uh, I've been following the traffic NASL relationship for so long now that I, I believe I have a firm grip on the way uh, things are run. And again, this is another piece I've been working on forever, and uh, at one point or another it will come out. Um, from what I understand, I mean, look, traffic was vital in the in the creation of NASL. Aaron Davison was a... And to a man, people will tell you that they love the guy. I mean, they found him to be, NASL owners found him to be charismatic, found him to be a leader. He was the ringleader in the breakaway from the USL. Uh, when that happened, NASL brought about this change of promise, you know, this um, this idea where divisions in this, and not to get too Ted on you, but <laughs> that divisions in this league, in this uh, country, are so rigid, non-defined, why must there be standards as to a D1, D2, D3 with NASL, they have the highest ceiling possible. They can have growth in their own way by free market instead of doing it in a closed system. Uh, that's attractive to any investor. Over time, that investment that traffic has, uh, has put into the league, which again is tremendous, has significantly dwindled. Uh, I know that there's been uh, reports, especially on Twitter, people talking about traffic owning uh, class, I don't want to get too technical, but class A shares and, and the organization, meaning that they would have a deeper say in the business direction. Uh, from what I understand, they have Class B um, shares, mainly due to their initial investment, which was millions upon millions of dollars. And those Class B shares basically give them the right to say yay or nay to certain budgetary issues and expansion. And the, the more the league expands, the more they pay back that debt. So here we are five years later, uh, practically five years later from the initial investment, NASL has a bunch of independent new owners. The uh, traffic influence is much less um, than it was a few years ago. Put it this way. If this would have hit three years ago, NASL's gone. Crippled, done, finished, over. Uh, today, the influence of traffic is negligible. It's not what it used to be. Uh, even on the business relations side, and I don't want to get too deep into it, I know that there, before any of this controversy, I know that NASL... Um, wasn't necessarily happy with the relationship to begin with. So it, it's kind of all evolved at a time where I believe NASL should be able to withstand this uh, this coming storm. 
but anything can happen, guys. We've seen this news cycle, I mean, change from week to week, day to day, hour to hour. Uh, so you never know what else is out there. But from what I see, uh, regardless of what a lot of reporters are saying out there, uh, I think that the NASL will be okay at the end of all of this. I don't think that their involvement with traffic is as deep as it used to be. So with this, you know, this game in Cuba, um, you know, having a channel that shows their games, what kind of uh, impact do you say maybe in the next five years that the Cosmos will have in the New York soccer world? That I mean, I will say that they're still pretty much the third team because uh, Blue Team does seem to have a pretty strong following. We'll see how well Absolutely. They, we'll see how well that holds up after five years too. Um, sure. What do you what do you think? Kind of like a final impact in about five years they can have on on the New York playing. Well, I think it depends, again, on the NASL. I mean, the the biggest thing is, and coming from a media standpoint, and this is for all media, it, I'm, I'm a special, I, I think I'm an exception to the rule because I cover New York soccer and all professional New York soccer clubs, so the Cosmos will get the same respect in my coverage as NYCFC or the Red Bulls. Um, most outlets aren't like that. <laughs> and let's face it, if if you're trying to get on Newsday, and you're the Long Island Ducks, you're not necessarily going to get much. And the Cosmos are in that category. So it really depends on the league. If NASL does grow, continue to grow, continue to bring on mighty investors, which they have been doing recently, uh, and start to challenge MLS in, a, in an AFL, NFL type of way, and an NBA, ABA kind of way, then you would have a bigger audience for the Cosmos. But they're nowhere near that yet. Uh, the NASL is still very much second division. They have uh, bright prospect, uh, prospects in their ownership. Um, they have uh, definitely a lot of ambition, as, as you've seen with the Cosmos. They, they do so much uh, to really take advantage of that brand and break new, break new ground, break new doors. and That's what they've been doing. And these are good steps, I suppose, like opening steps for what could be a, a, a brighter future. But again, they're a D2 side. At the end of the day, they are a D2 side playing in a college stadium with no access from public transportation. How much can you possibly grow under those kind of conditions? That's the question. I mean, they have Raul, guys. They got Raul and Marco Senna. These are big names. Anywhere else, but a little bit of transportation, a better stadium, a better location, you would have a, uh, I think, you would have better attendance, better, uh, better fan presence. But they're not there yet. So it's tough to say in five years. I think that NASL and Cosmos are kind of linked at the hip. Uh, I don't see the Cosmos going to MLS anytime soon. And it really depends on how much NASL decides to continue this adversarial type of uh, relationship with MLS. Well, so here's a very big question. How do you even get back sure. into uh, focusing on the Red Bulls after everything you've <laughs> Listen, seen? Listen, you know, the Red Bulls, the Red Bulls are, are definitely interesting, though, as well, because here we have a team that was just so impressive, so powerful uh, in the beginning of the season, especially the first five games, and look what's happened over the last seven. And the funny thing is that this malaise that they're in, I kind of dubbed it a malaise because I think it's, it's appropriate – They've been impressive during this malaise. There, there's been times, I think against Seattle, they had many, many good opportunities to turn that match around. They, they have a lot of guts, this club. Uh, it, it's a matter of putting it together, and it's also a matter of, of investment. I don't got to tell you guys. If Bradley Wright Phillips falls, who are you going to count on to be your striker? If, who knows? <laughs> exactly. If, if something happens on the left wing where Mike Grello or Sal Zizo fall, or if they stop playing to the level that they're currently playing at, What's going to happen on that wing? Listen, Lloyd Sam is not enough. You know, Felipe and Dax McCarty in the back are not enough. Sasha Kleschen, I, I read uh, Eric Giacometti's piece on MLS 
about uh, how he's redefining the number ten role, he's basically saying, you know, that he's a that he's a two way midfielder. It's not necessarily a, a brand new role. Uh, he's a two way midfielder, which again allows him to be up a little further. Um, but he can't do it alone. You know, this team is in need of depth. Uh, that's something that the that is tough to come about in Major League Soccer. The new roster rules are a little bit tougher. Let's face it, the cap did not go up much. Uh, you lost two roster spots, and all you really gained was a reserve league in the USL. How much of that talent is going to be capable of making an impact for the Red Bulls to continue to be or to find their way again to being a dominant side? They need to sign players, guys. They need to sign players yesterday. Uh, Matt Miazga comes back. Uh, he's been doing great with Paranel. The defense is okay, but the depth falls off quickly. Uh, and I think that that's really what this team needs to address. So regardless of all the, the world news that the Cosmos were making and you know the Cuban cigars and rum that I was having in Cuba, <laughs> uh, I can easily get focused on what's going on with the Red Bulls and NYCFC because – they're both entertaining in their own right. There's so much mystery involved, and it's there's stories that I want to follow for the rest of the year. So, uh, two questions, uh, one serious, and then Pat has is going to actually end the interview for the first time I think ever on the show. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, um, we we we've been doing this uh, this year with our guests. Uh, Friday, the Red Bulls travel to Houston. Uh, second road match, short week. Uh, give us your thoughts and a scoreline prediction for that match. My thoughts. Houston's a tough club. Um, I've Historically, uh, I used to say that the Red Bulls had, uh, and Houston had some entertaining matches, but the fact is the Red Bulls have had their number over recent years. Uh, whether or not that's going to be a factor now in a hot and humid Houston, I mean, my biggest worry with Jesse Marsh's system, which he is not going to change, he said it many times already, how are you going to translate that high press into a hot and humid atmosphere? How are your players not going to drop dead after 15 minutes? I don't know. They're going to have some incredible Hans Baca type of fitness <laughs> in order to go out there and compete, uh, especially under that system. I think it's for. I think it's a match that's made for Houston. I hate to say that there's going to be depletion on the on the Red Bulls defense. Uh, and once the Red Bulls come out with their usual attack, if they don't convert, if they don't find a goal within the first, let's say, half hour, it really sets up Houston nicely to be the team that plays the rope-a-dope and comes back and attacks and, and takes the game to the Red Bulls. If they come out with a draw, I think it's fine. Uh, it'll continue their, their little streak, but it'll be okay on the road against Houston. Uh, I would actually see Houston taking this, guys. And uh, I know my predictions usually stink, uh, so that's probably good news to a lot of people. But I do see Houston uh, Houston taking this one probably by a 2-1 scoreline. All right, one last question. It's about Cuba uh, before we let you get out of here. Uh, how many of the government's bugs did you find in your hotel room? Zero. Zero. And we were looking. <laughs> we were looking. We were looking, on the, we were looking on the bus. We were looking at the, uh, in the hotel room. I mean, if you guys look back at history... Um, Clive Toy would talk about it, about how they were in the bus, uh, the Chicago Sting back in 1978 when they lost to Cuba 2-0. Um, they were absolutely convinced that there were bugs on the bus and uh, that people were listening into everything. What I found was a very open, warm reception, a totally separate story from what happened in NASL 30, 40 years ago. The people were fantastic. Uh, they were asking all about American culture. They were waxing poetic about the possibilities, what could be, um, and, and they're just super friendly. I, it's, you know, 
there are so many terrible things about communism. Uh, you see the depth of poverty in that country, and you know that they're being subsidized by the government. People don't necessarily do much work, um, and they live this life where they hit a ceiling consistently. Uh, it's, it's devastating to watch. The side effect of that is, however, that everybody's helping each other. There's a certain, there's a certain unity that comes about when you're all being oppressed equally, uh, where you just try to help each other out, where you try to be as hospitable as possible, where you want to avoid negativity, where you don't want to get into confrontations. And that's what I encountered in Cuba. They're so, the Cuban people are so humble, so happy to just be alive, to just have a chance to live another day with their family and their children. Uh, I found that to be really, really inspiring. And to see their eyes light up uh, when you talk about the 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 betterment of the relationships between Cuba and the United States, you could see the hope in their eyes. And it's really, it's one of those rare occasions where you do see hope in people's eyes uh, and promise of what's to come. I went to the city. I went down to Old Havana, which is their historic district. They kept, everything is basically 1950s there. You got 1950s cars, 1950s architecture. And I go down there with uh, Dr. David Kilpatrick. I'm sure you guys know him. He used to be a Metro Stars Red Bulls fan. Now he's the uh, historian, the club historian for the Cosmos. And we ran into a bunch of kids in the plaza, and they were playing, they were playing soccer with a basketball. They were kicking it around, and David goes over and uh, starts kicking it with them. You know, he's just that kind of guy who loves the sport. Uh, after he was done kicking it around with them, he gave them one peso each. It's a little peso coin. It's a dollar coin, but it goes a long way over there. You had to see the, the look in those kids' eyes. I mean, just lit up, didn't know what to say, ran off to their friends. And I understand Spanish. So I could hear them, oh, my God, look what I got. Look, guys, guys. <laughs> it, it's, it's inspirational. It really is to see the power of goodwill in a country that really has had none over the past uh, God knows how many years. Uh, so again, as I've continued to say, it was an eye-opening experience. So I'll carry it with it with me for the rest of my life. And there's no guarantees in life, so you hope that things continue to go in the right place in Cuba. That both government do things correctly because you don't want to just make peace to make peace. You want to make sure things are done in the correct manner. And uh, hopefully, you know, the Cuban people will be the ones winning at the end. That's awesome. Absolutely, loved it. All right, Dave. Thanks for taking time out, especially with you. Apparently tired, but <laughs> well enough to give us like 20 minutes of their time. Um, thank, uh, you, thank guys you, are, you guys are great. You know, uh, you know, I love you guys. So um, it's this is more time that I spend on a show than I have on seeing red, uh, which is <laughs> which is just absolutely. To, Mark is probably going to kill me for being on another show. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, like I, I've been trying so hard to get on seeing red, but you know, family life, EOS, it, it's. Everything has just been so overwhelming. Good things, good things, but just incredibly busy. The site's growing at, at an amazing pace. You know, the soccer community is is evolving hour to hour, day to day, and you know we're we're right there at the at the crest of it, and I'm loving it. But it's uh, it's definitely squeezing time. So I'm glad I got 20 minutes to hang out with you guys. I really am. Awesome. Yes, and we really appreciate you know sharing your experiences. That's just absolutely amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. And, Red Bull ran exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right? Just, just remember, we're on the hat budget for you. So, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> you, you can find Dave on Twitter at Empire Soccer and at uh, EmpireSoccer.com and uh, seeing Red the New York Soccer Roundup. Dave, uh, once again, thanks for taking the time out to talk to us. 
Uh, we'll be back with more Red Bull Rant right after this. Welcome back to the Red Bull Rant. Uh, I want to thank Dan for taking time to call in, even though he couldn't make it in to uh, talk to us. So, uh, yeah, let's talk some FIFA, huh? That FIFA the, break. Uh, talk about the FIFA, FIFA break. So, so we had an, a lengthy discussion last week after the rests were made, and then uh, Sepp Blatter, of course, won re-election. And then he douched it up. <laughs> he douched it up. Yeah, so um, it was uh, in the election, the first round in voting, he didn't win. He was like seven votes away. Um, and then Prince Ali said, fuck this, I'm not going to try again, and left before round two commenced. So he de facto became president of FIFA yet again. And then, uh, I believe it was on Tuesday, decided to announce that he was not going to serve his full term. He is going to step down as soon as they can arrange for a... Uh, an emergency session of the FIFA Congress, which I is I guess supposed to be around like six months to a year away. So, so he can yeah. he can still fuck shit up. Yeah, he can still ruin things. He's got time. And, come on. And as we know, he's always been a man of his word. So yeah, oh, come on. Even if he wasn't in FIFA anymore, you think he wouldn't be able to do that? Come on, he would. <laughs> he he has his hands all over the place with that. How, how big of an asshole are you to continue to make sure the election goes through? Get voted in, and then like two, three days later, go. Oh yeah, I'm stepping down. Like that's pure ego. You know something reached his desk or his ear, like a day or two after that election. Like, Seth, you're going down, or, or something to that effect, because it, it because it for that flat out reason, it doesn't make sense. I mean, his reason, I do not have a mandate from the fans. Well, that's bullshit. I mean, then you never would have run. You know? Right. It, it's like. Something, something is. I mean, you know, we've seen the reports. Department of Ju- I mean, Department of Justice has not confirmed it, but we've seen the reports that from sources that Department of Justice is investigating Sepp Blatter. Um, you know, it, it's very possible he's kept his hands clean. You know, never letting something, uh, you know, uh, get you know show up like that. But it, it's it does not look like something went down behind the scenes. There's there's no doubt about that. Well, I mean, come on, like we talked about last week. He's, he had made comments before the arrest went down that he wouldn't come back to the United States because the FBI was investigating him. Like, he obviously knows that he's being looked at. So he must have been tipped off that he was going to get arrested at some point. It wouldn't surprise me if the next time that the FIFA Congress was held that he doesn't show up to Switzerland. Yeah, I'm sure, like, the, the U.S. Department of Justice is just waiting for him to step foot on American soil and just do anything. They're like, come on, go into that Burger King. Just, just well, use your debit card. Just inter- do anything. Then they inter- got him. The interesting thing is that there was rumors that he's going to come to the United States for the Gold Cup. Like, I would not be shocked if he's in handcuffs before his <laughs> few times he steps down. You know. Well, my my question is like, how many countries are on the phone to the United States? Like, hey, listen, next time Ladder comes here, we don't know when it's going to be, but the next time he shows up, we're going to be ready for him because we want to help you out. Like, it's 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 just at this point, it's like. Where can he go that he's safe? Like, what countries are not extradition for him? <laughs> like, uh, Russia. Russia. <laughs> Russia. There's two countries. Russia, Qatar. Yeah, exactly. I think South uh, Africa. He's good there. 
Oh, it's not just it's not just South Africa. It's the whole continent. Come on, right? Yeah. Uh, what was uh, and then I, I mean I love that Jack Warner you know held up the Onion article thinking it was real, uh, <laughs> but but you know what the thing is like you know my my uh, friend Chris Kaminsky who I used to host um, he now defunct possibly resurrecting who knows three years ago marching podcast you know he was like ah no one's gonna turn on him and I said no Jack Warner's gonna turn on him and look in the last couple of days Jack Warner's come out saying he's gonna burn everything to the ground. Well, apparently. Um, I, I think it was either like his sons or Blazer sons or something like that got, was involved, and that was like one of the keys to all this going down. Is that somebody's family member got in trouble and was like, "I got some info for you." And mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I mean, Jack Warner has said that before, but I mean, as uh, the Joker said, "I know a squealer," and that one. And let's face it; these guys are executives in suits. They are not hardened street criminals. So mm-hmm. they are all going to turn on each other as quickly as possible because none of them wants to go to jail. Not a single one of these people will want to go to jail if they can help it. They will turn rat real quick, and you're going to hear absolutely everything come out. Oh, yeah. I, Without I, a doubt. I, I mean, I think I, I heard Aaron Davidson's already the, the chairman of the board of the NASL, no longer, but uh, I hear he, uh, you know, he's, gonna, he's already talking to the feds. Um, you know, it, it's yeah. The whole house of cards is about to fall down. I mean, it's t- it's tipping over as we speak. So um, yeah, I think we're finally going to see. I, I think the Russia World Cup will happen, but I uh, you know I, I I think Qatar is definitely gonna. Uh, you know, I think that one, I think we're finally going to see justice served there. Although I didn't like the pro soccer talk article saying that England is saying, we will host a 2022 World Cup. Like, mm-hmm. well, slow your roll. Slow your roll, England. That's our World Cup. I'd rather that go to Australia first before us, yeah. honestly. I, I wrote an article, I think, last year, maybe when I still Empire Soccer.com that uh, the U.S. should support an Australian World Cup because that way you at least keep it in that federation. Um, but yeah, but at the same time, I'm also a spiteful human being, and uh, if we can get it in America, and I can see the USA, USA at MetLife Stadium, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Count me in on that. Yeah. Totally 100% in on that. Yeah. You, you, the thing is, you know that the United States will somehow not end up in, the United, in New York City for a game. But anyway, um, what I was going to say, uh, John Oliver... If you guys haven't oh, seen yeah. the clip of him, it's I think it's like 12 minutes on, um, was it Last Week Tonight? I think it's the name of the show. I can't remember the name yep. of the show for some reason. All right. <laughs> yeah, Last, Last week, week Tonight. But he, he went off for 12 minutes straight on FIFA. And go watch it. I mean, it's just such it's such a great takedown. But like, well, he, the, he has the, to like, drink a Bud Light line now, right? <laughs> well, no. He would only do that if they fixed something. I forget what it was exactly. Okay. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm not sure what it was. It was like if Budweiser would like step down as a sponsor or something like that. Yeah. But so like there was this. This will be like the last thing we talk about, and we gotta move on. Um, he mentioned you talking about Jack Warner in the Onion article reminded me of him. He said, "How corrupt does FIFA have to be that an ex vice president of FIFA can hold up an Onion article and go, <laughs> yes, that can actually happen.'" <laughs> I mean, I, I liked uh, I liked his comparison to the U.S. taking down FIFA as to Kesha taking down white collar crime. <laughs> like I didn't know you had it in you, Kesha. I didn't know you had it in you. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on because there's more to the world than FIFA. Um, there is. Yeah. Imagine that. Um, Other things happened. Now, come on. 
uh, other things have happened, but we're going to talk about the future. Okay. Yeah. Fine. So, the New York Red Bulls on Friday night are going to travel down to Houston, take on the Dynamo. Uh, 9 p.m. start time at BBVA Compass. The game is on uh, Univision for those of you in the United States. Um, I don't think it's available internationally. I don't know how that works with the Friday night games. Um, this is the Red Bulls' last MLS game uh, for like next three weeks, I think it is. They have, they do have a U.S. Open Cup game on the 16th, but are off until I want to say it's like the very last weekend. No, I can't be right. Um, the 20th, I want to say. That's only two weeks after that. I'm sorry, but they, they have a break. I think it is. Um, I'll look up the schedule in the meantime. But um, Pat, you can go first. What do you think is going to happen uh, Friday night? Uh, you know what? Here's the thing. I think MLS is ML- is always going to MLS, and these things you don't expect uh, are what's going to happen. I mean, Houston isn't that great a team this season. I think they're there for the taking. Um, you know, so I, I think you're going to see a Red Bulls actually come out, rebound from their recent swoon, come out with a win, uh, just just because no one's expecting it. Um, so I'm going to say a 2-1 win. Uh, down at BBVA Compass Stadium this weekend, uh, and then we're all gonna relax for a couple weeks. That's that's my prediction. Jay Iapico, I'm sorry, Truman had to go use the bathroom, so he had me just call in for now. And you know, I know Houston, Texas, so well. Such a big town. You know who's from Houston? Booker T. That wrestler, I love that guy. He does that spinneroony. He's so cool. But listen, Jay, I'm not here to talk about wrestling. We're here to talk about that soccer game down at the, what is it, Jay? Is it the the BVD uh, arena? Is that what they call it? Is it the DVDA uh, Compass Stadium? I'm not quite sure. All I know is that it's orange. They really love that color orange down there. Those Astros, they got that color orange, too. So nice. I like it when teams color coordinate. You know, it's very nice. But we're not here to talk about color coordination, J.I. Pico. We're here to talk about the Red Bulls. And, you know, I think they got a good chance to win. They, You know, they did so poorly up in Seattle. I think it's the rain just depressed them, and I think that's why they just gave up like Kurt Cobain and kind of shot themselves right at the end there, you know. Kind of happens up there in the rainy weather. But I think they're going to win this game, J.I. Pico. I think what they're going to do is they're going to sign that Tim Cahill for one game because he was so good down there that one time. When he scored, what was it, like two seconds in, he scored a goal? I, I think, I'm sorry, I think it was eight seconds. But yeah, Eight it was a, seconds? Oh, I'm sorry. You know, it's hard, it's hard to keep track of time when you have ten kids to take care of at home. I, I can imagine. It is really hard. They're just running around all the time. Little Stevie G, you know. And, and little Freddie B and T- Teresa and Darla and Carla and Marla. You know, we kind of like keep the girls on a rhyming scheme. It makes it easy to call out our names at dinner time. But, Jay, I'm not here to talk about dinner. I'm here to talk about the Red Bulls, and I think they're going to win 2 nothing. and I think that Felipe guy is going to score a bicycle kick. So there you go, Jay. I think Truman's coming back, so thank you for having me on the show again. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. Uh, the Southern hospitality is just amazing, isn't it? She is a sweetheart. She really is. Yeah, she's nice. I guess her other uh, friend just didn't want to come on today. She probably had friends over, you know, taking care of people. Exactly. You know, being well, you know I, mean, I mean, not everybody can make a Friday night match. So, I mean, it's not, 
Yeah. I, it's it's hard. Yeah, I think you know she moved from from Dallas to Houston. The other one stayed in Dallas. So yeah. Yeah. That's a long drive too. If you ever done it, it's 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 a few hours. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think driving mostly anywhere in Texas is a few hours. So. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So my prediction. Uh, I here's the thing. Houston, I think, is at 17 points right now and is eighth in the West. We're at 17 points and third in the East. I know. Uh, what a discrepancy. So that doesn't make me feel very good about the, the state of our, some of our wins. I mean, granted, I, we beat D.C., but that was in like the third week of the, the year when they were on a downswing, and we beat NYCFC and all that crap. But um, I, I'm a little concerned. I, I don't think they'll lose. I don't think they'll win either. I think it's going to be... And, and this is the thing I hate about the scheduling this year with these national games is that the Red Bulls get a Sunday game and then a Friday game. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just... And, and I, I just don't understand it. But anyway, I, I think because of the short week turnaround, flying from Seattle back to New Jersey, then out to Houston, it's just going to take a lot of the team. Uh, maybe something like a 1-1 draw. Like, it just... It, it's going to be like Dallas where it's kind of a slow burn game, uh, not many chances for either team. But they do happen to get uh, one up on each other. I think you know they took the last three minutes off of uh, at uh, Seattle because they knew they were, had to save themselves for this game. That's right. Makes yeah. sense. Makes total sense. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I think it is time for another Red Bull rant moment and our countdown to episode 150. Fantastic. And uh, I, I think we timed this clip perfectly, considering our uh, our surprise guest, Mr. Dave Martinez. Here we go. This ep- so this is from episode number 22, way back in July of 2012. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to the Red Bull Rant. I am Truman, and with me, as always, is Jason Iapico. And we have one hell of a main event for you tonight, a battle seven days in the making. So without further ado, let's introduce our combatants. Hailing directly from the factory floor and frequent guests of the Red Bull Rant, Weighing in at three and a half pints of Guinness, Zach Wasing. All right, I was actually, see, the reason that it was silent there is I was going to come on and cut this long promo on Dave, and then I got to thinking, what do I really need to say about a guy who isn't even all that closeted of a New York Cosmos fan who Uh, owns a DC United shirt and a New England Revolution shirt. I mean, this isn't going to be a debate. This is going to be some random guy with a bunch of MLS gear going on and on and on. Entering the rant, hailing from the Empire of Soccer and the Seeing Red Podcast, Standing at over eight feet of New York Red Bull knowledge, Dave Martinez. Now listen here, Zach. <laughs> I can't believe you guys gave me that intro. It's the greatest intro of all time. Who the blue hell do you think you are to cut me off? Now you listen here, brother. When you hear that intro music, little dude, you know it's time to get your rant on, brother. You're going to get killed, Zach. (laughs) (laughs) That was great. So that, by the way, was before um, New York 2 was announced. Um, 
I, I think New York City was announced like uh, happened to be like a year later. There, there were rumors of what was going on. We just had to have Zach and Dave on. Um, and seeing as how you know they're wrestling guys as well as Trim and I, we were like, we're gonna do this fun little intro. <laughs> and Zach played right along with it. No, that was one, great. The was one nice. thing, the one thing I'm gonna say is that the timing you hear between when Zach gets cut off by the music, that was the actual timing. I didn't edit that at all in post. Like it, I just somehow magically hit the soundboard at the right time in that show to cut him off. It's called jumping a promo. That's what Dave did. He just burst right in. Yeah. All right. Uh, so I think the last thing we have is uh, y- your weekly feature, Truman. Oh, terrible team. Well, I have to apologize for our our Texas female friends because FC Dallas has really been taking a shit recently. I mean, a goal in three games that is taking a shit. And I know it's an away game, but getting whipped up for nothing by Sporting KC's. Pretty embarrassing. Pretty bad when you were... I mean, yet again, everyone was talking up Dallas and how good they were. Blah, 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 blah. We all know how these early seasons go. And uh, they're starting a little... I mean, they're still in third, but they're starting to slip slide on down there in the standings. You know, I mean, when the Vancouver Whitecaps are above you, not so good. So, (laughs) I mean, sorry, Dallas. Uh, Cowboys suck. Your Texas Rangers suck. And your Frisco uh, soccer team... Right now, uh, they're sucking. So they are my uh, terrible team of the week. Don't forget the Dallas Stars. Throw they don't even there. exist. Come on, they <laughs> don't, don't exist. No one cares about the Stars. Nope. That's how bad no, they are. Nobody cares about hockey below the uh, Macy-Dixon line. Yet somehow Tampa Bay got into the uh, Stanley Cup Finals. Mm. Sad moment this year in sports. Yeah, who'd they beat? I forget. They beat somebody to get in. That's, that's, uh, that's why I said it's a sad moment, Truman. God damn it. Respect. Nope, no respect. You take it like a man. At least they we, made the playoffs. I was going to say, we didn't make fun of the Devils hey, for that. I took it like a man, all right? I'm a man <laughs> about it. He's a man's man. All right. Um, <laughs> do you guys have anything else to add before we uh, wrap up? One thing real quick. Uh, shout out to a couple guys that I met today, uh, Patrick and Robert. Uh, I was actually in a tattoo shop, and here's a guy with a freaking Red Bulls jersey and a Metro Stars tattoo. So... Nice. Of course, I had to talk to them and mention the Red Bull Rant podcast and our Twitter page. So Ooh. it's just funny. You never know where you're going to run into uh, fans at. And this was actually in Flemington, New Jersey. So wow. shout out to those guys. And we shall see them at the uh, game against the Blue Team at the end of the month. Yeah, they will be there. Very nice. Uh... Sorry. Speaking of which, I said I was going to look up the schedule. I completely forgot to mention it. Um, next MLS match is June 20th. And then they have three games in eight days at that point. Fantastic. Bring it so, up. So, good job, MLS. Nice job scheduling. Can't lose again. They're on Ooh. top. On the bright side, the first two games are at home, and the third one's at Yankee Stadium. So it's not to let the travel far. But still, thank you guys a lot for that. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, this is not. This is only sort of related to the podcast. But I want to thank Ian, uh, a former guest we've had a couple times, Ian Perkins. He let me use his music uh, in a video. I shot uh, the other day, uh, so you know we we've shot uh, the, the, this type of video in the past, and the one is currently banned online because it uses uh, music, and so now we have music that's good, doesn't suck, and uh, won't get banned. So on YouTube, so I just want to thank past guest Ian Perkins. You should check out his band, Local Summer, because it's 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 really good stuff. There you go. All right. Boom. 
let's wrap this one up. Uh, you can visit us at oncemetro.com slash red hyphen bull hyphen rant. Uh, help us by supporting the show. Go to patreon.com slash red bull rant and uh, throw us a few bucks our way to make the show a little better. Uh, you can email us at redbullrant at gmail.com. You can call us like uh, Dan Ferguson did at 973-348-5329. Uh, Facebook.com slash redbullrant at redbullrant on Twitter at once underscore a underscore metro at Dr. Stooge for myself, at pmacda 2 for Pat, at the Truman for Truman. Subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or SoundCloud.com slash red hyphen bull hyphen rant. And uh, this is the last, very last mention of this. Uh, this episode is the last episode on the old RSS iTunes and Stitcher feeds. If you want to continue listening to the show and you haven't done it yet, uh, search for Red Bull Rant, just Red Bull Rant, and uh, we'll put links up on Twitter and Facebook and stuff. Um, in like the, for the next week or so, and or maybe two weeks, whatever it is, just to try to get you guys aware of it. But this is the very last episode that you will be able to hear on this the old feed. So if you're currently subscribed, make sure to switch over so you can continue listening to the Red Bull Rant. All right, guys, last words before we get out of here. Uh, oh, quick shout-out to Keith Woodfin for hanging out with us at, uh, yes. at Darby Road. Yes. And one more word, and it's a big one, and it's called win. Uh, yeah, I agree, win. All right, so for Pat Truman and myself, this was episode number 145 of the Red Bull Rant. Thank you guys for tuning in, and as always, go Red Bulls. Peace out. Lates.